Welcome to this week's sterling episode of Youth Radio. I'm your host, Kyle Ferris. And I'm Paola Castillo. We're back after a week off. Whew. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast of Global Kirky last week. And we guarantee you'll enjoy the show tonight. First up, we have a montage of our thoughts after seeing Maya Angelou on September 15th. We also have an interview of the singer-activist Raw Goddess conducted by Diana. And to wrap it up, we have a commentary about balloon piloting by Ann Glickman from Salt Radio in Portland, Maine. And now, kids, get ready for a major concussion of awesome music with Jaren Kai. Ha ha ha. Yes, kids and adults, you will have a major concussion at the end of the night, but it will be from nothing but awesomeness. I don't know much about the band Joy Zipper until I finally heard of them on a satellite radio station and really liked their song. Immediately, I rushed to the internet and three, about three days later and loved them even more. Who is Joy Zipper? Well, Joy Zipper is an indie pop duo from Long Island, New York, made up of Tabitha Tyndale and Vincent Cafisa. Here is the ultra-awesome Baby You Should Know by Joy Zipper. That was the band Joy Zipper with Baby You Should Know. Now on to our host, Kyle. Recently, several of the Youth Radio Collective members had a chance to hear Dr. Maya Angelou speak at Pope Joy Hall. Her stories, songs, and poems focused on the theme that as humans, we are all rainbows and other people's clouds. Rays of light that forecast better days. Here are our thoughts after hearing that message. This is Diana Barron. Hey, this is Jaron Kyle. This is Kyle Ferris. This is Michael Harley. This is Philip Riley with Youth Radio. I'm Lucia Martinez from KUNM Youth Radio. Going to see Maya Angelou was... It was just fantastic. To be in the same room with her, that was just like so awing and uplifting. I was so excited. And just being in Dr. Maya Angelou's presence was an honor. Getting to see Maya Angelou, that was pretty amazing i mean i'm always still like oh my god it's a celebrity and so it was that's it was that way with Maya angelou because even more so she's a civil rights activist and i have a lot more respect for people in that type of work than i do regular actors twice during her performance she almost brought me to tears she brought me to tears her energy was just so profound uh her energy was really positive and kind of like benign there was just this, like, buzz in the room, and everyone was so, like, riveted and into her. The only thing I knew about her is a scene from Sesame Street where she sings the ABCs. It was amazing to see her even from so far away. We were in the very, very back seats. In the nosebleed section. When we went into the auditorium, I, I didn't know how much of an impact I would be left with when I left I mean, not only was it moving listening to her poetry, but it was also funny listening to her stories. And I didn't expect to get a comedy and a poetry show in, you know, all in one package, but we really did. One of my favorite poems 
that she did that night was called, but it was one about the seven women, and I don't know, I really like that one, because I could relate to some of, like, the descriptions, because it was describing, like, seven different types of women, or it's, it's, like, the seven stages of life, kind of, too, and then I could just see, like, where some people that I know were, like, my mom, she was, like, the seventh woman, I think. Oh, my favorite had to be when she was talking about how she was a smoker and how she went into the vegan restaurant for rice and a plate of steamed vegetables and you know she lit a cigarette and wanted to smoke but the waitress just kind of looked at her and started talking to her about not smoking in a vegan restaurant and everything i i just thought that was so funny and so hilarious and hearing the poem that went with that was just so amazing because it it's just this complete sense of humility that i mean humor that you know that you can get with a poem and i loved the fact that she felt comfortable enough to share such personal stories i thought it was really really so intense hearing her speak about her experiences with them being sexually abused i've read a couple of her autobiographies and hearing you know hearing the kind of life that she's had and hearing what she's had to go through you know just to make ends meet at the end of end of the day is really heartbreaking to think that someone so sweet and someone so talented and gifted had to go through that just to be who they are today when she was speaking about that experience the fact that she she didn't seem bitter at all was was really amazing i thought it was almost like she was having a personal conversation with each person in the room after a while i couldn't really see anybody else in the room i could only see her as far away as she was i could only see her and i was listening so intently to her she had this wonderful hold on words and on vocabulary and the way she spoke was so beautiful I love her voice it kind of relaxed me and made me feel like I was right next to her you know she's just one of the greatest voices of this generation Dr. Angelou inspired me to go through a self-reflection of what I've done and who I met in, in my life the theme of people as rainbows in the clouds of others was something that I found really interesting. It's it's a concept that's much more uplifting and at the same time much more real than those I'm usually used to considering. We really do have a lot of impact in the lives of other people. Our mere presence affects others and it's the impact is often immeasurable that we can have on other people's lives. I guess that's kind of like a rainbow in your clouds, like when you're not, like when your days are bad, and then like somebody's there to uplift you, or something happens that just makes you realize that life's good. I think that's what she meant when she was talking about the rainbow in her clouds. And her entire message throughout the show about being a light in the clouds for someone, or having someone like that for you, it, you know, just in my opinion, it's kind of a basic idea of friendship you know our family having these people there that when things get bad or when things go down that they're there for you and that they can bring you out of anything and everything 
you know, you can do the same for them. You know, and just finding your own personal light in the cloud that you can look forward to or look to and be taken out of any bad situation and be taken into the situation in which you deserve to be, which is a good situation. You can go up to a person and you can just say something like, you know, hello, how are you? And that that might turn that person around, that they might have been considering going and jumping off a bridge later on that day. Just a simple how are you can be something so big. I was a child who was lost in books. I hardly had any role models growing up, not any rainbows in my, in my clouds. So I decided that the books I've read and the poetry I analyzed were my rainbows in my clouds, my escape from reality, and my role models for life. Just being aware of other people out there and the things they do for us can make the world such a better place. So afterward, I wanted to meet her. So we went around to the back to try and find her Maya Angelou van that she travels in, or her bus. But it wasn't there. That was sad. After I got home from the show, I got a thumbtack and put the ticket on my wall and put the, the pamphlet that I got at the show on the wall right next to the ticket. Because you know, it's something I don't want to forget. It's just really a great experience. Thanks to Jaren Kai, Diana Barron-Moore, Michael Harley, Lucia Martinez, Phil Riley, and Kyle Ferris for sharing their thoughts after hearing Dr. Maya Angelou speak. Now over to Jaren for more awesome music. Thank you, Paula. Yes, it will be awesome. <laughs> anyway, I'm still going through mad withdrawals of the ultra-awesome Nellie McKay. Her second studio album was supposed to be released a few months ago, but her stupid record label, who shall remain nameless, Walt let her release another two-disc masterpiece epic. So here she is off the freaking awesome Get Away From Me disc album with the song Sorry. I shouldn't apologize so much That it's jive, it's a crutch I just use when I'm judged Being fudged by a face I can't erase and can't see Cause I'm misplaced a dossier or Monty Python CD Or something stupid like that But Jesus, is that so bad to make my ego go splat Like a tire going flat or fat on a Big Mac I'm being attacked if it's any bureaucrats You can just Yes, kids, that was the ever-so-creepy duo of Akira Yamioka and Melissa Williams with a new song from the upcoming portable Silent Hill game titled Origins. And since that song has no name yet, or at least that I can find, I'm just calling it Origins for now. Now, here's Paola. Thank you, Jaren. Our next segment is an interview by Diana with Raw Goddess. Raw Goddess is a singer-slash-activist whose goal is to help empower young women. She spreads this message through her hip-hop music and nonprofit organization. Here's what she and Diana spoke about. 
This is Youth Radio, and I'm here in the studio today talking with Raw Goddess, an international artist slash activist. She's the founder of a young women's empowerment initiative called We Got Issues. She's also the mission keeper. Uh, her work has been featured in several festivals and music compilations throughout the world. Um, after the interview today, we're also going to hear a song um, written and performed by her called My Pen. So first, let's talk to her a little bit. Uh, can you tell us about your organization and also about your new book coming out? Aha. Uh-huh. So, um, so the name of the, the uh, nonprofit organization I represent is One Plus One Plus One Equals One. And the Young Women's Initiative is called We Got Issues. And we are a national organization. We're based out of Brooklyn, New York. Big up Brooklyn. Um, and our commitment, you know, particularly within the context of social political activism, is to really leverage the conversation of arts and civic transformation, meaning how do we use the creation and presentation of arts to really transform the way people think about themselves, think about the world, and the way they approach the issues that affect individuals and communities. You know, are we approaching them from an empowered place? Are we approaching them from a place of feeling victimized? And we really have a deep commitment that communities approach and begin to think about and work through issues from a place of empowerment. Um, the Young Women's Initiative is currently nationally touring, woohoo! and we're coming to New Mexico. Um, in October. And so probably by the time you will be listening to this, we will be on your doorstep just about. Um, and we're excited. We'll be in Albuquerque. We'll be in Santa Fe. We'll be in Española. And are collaborating with amazing organizations like Earth Care International, Tewa Women United, Santa Fe Art Institute, um, as well as working with organizers from SWAP, Revisioning New Mexico, the League of Young Voters. So it's just been uh, an incredible opportunity. And, and our work is about igniting the voices, hearts, and passions of young women. Great. That's very, very cool. Uh, so what can Albuquerque and Española and Santa Fe look forward to? Ha. We will be here from October 3rd through October 24th, and we, there will just be tons and tons of events going on. We're going to be doing a hot rant fest October 5th here in Albuquerque, and you'll get more details about that soon. Um, and then we're moving to Santa Fe, where we'll be doing a number of rant fests with uh, the young women of Capitol High and Santa Fe High. We'll be working with um, the Santa Fe Rape Crisis Center, working with immigrant young women, doing a sacred storytelling circle called the Red Tent. Um, and then we'll be doing a big performance October 14th as part of Earth Care's Homecoming, uh, Coming Home Celebration for Mother Earth, a gathering for Mother Earth, which will be happening at the Chavez Center. And that's October 14th, and that'll be from 6 to 10, so hopefully you'll roll up for that. And um, and then we're moving into Española, and we'll be doing a rant fest at the Northern New Mexico Community College, and then working with a um, a smaller, intimate gathering of Red Tent, working with the elders within the Tewa and Northern Pueblo community, which we're really excited about. Very cool. So very packed. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Um, do you think you could tell us about what specific issues your organization is involved with? Yeah, I mean, you know, our work, we sort of say in a word is about empowerment, but what does that specifically mean? We we feel that the demographic of young women that we serve are really in a in a state of crisis. 
um, issues of health and well-being, whether we're looking at the recent AIDS statistics, whether we're looking at issues of anorexia and depression, um, issues of violence and respect. If you look at sort of just the statistics about sexual assault and how heavily this demographic seems to lead the, lead the statistics in terms of women who are affected, um, issues of, of money and finances and economic empowerment. You know, when we say we got issues, we got issues. And one of the things that, um, you know, you mentioned the book, which will be uh, out and available October 1st, uh, published by Inner Ocean um, Publishing, which we're really, really excited about. They're located in the Bay and in Maui, Hawaii. Um, and what's really exciting for us about the book is the book begins to frame these 10 issues. And from the work that we've done, uh, both through our national dialogue with over a thousand young women and through the work of the performance piece in the national tour, we've begun to articulate what we see as, been, as being the top 10 most pressing issues facing young women between the ages of 18 and 35 in America today. And, and um, because we are dealing with some serious, serious issues of safety, serious issues of health and well-being and respect, um, and serious issues of economic viability and economic empowerment and job empowerment um, that we feel is really, really critical to begin to create a platform where young women can speak out in a really authentic way about how these issues impact them. What we know is that if young women are empowered, then families are empowered. We know that children are healthy. We know that communities are healthy. Young women naturally give and support and sustain the village and the tribe. And so we know that if we're able to provide the support and provide the the kind of encouragement that's necessary so that young women will step up and make the contributions that they're here to make, then we can all experience a better world. That's so fabulous. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so... Next, I'd like to listen to your song, and then afterwards, if you could tell us a little bit about it and what inspired it, brought it on, la-di-da. <laughs> so here it is, the remix version of My Pen. So what are some thoughts that you'd like to put out about that song? Uh, you, you know, I mean, for me, the, my pen was sort of my initiation into the, like, hip-hop spoken word community. And I was had the privilege of being part of this amazing compilation called Eargasms, which was produced by a really... Uh, talented and gifted brother by the name of Native Son, who uh, hails from Detroit, big up Detroit, Michigan. Um, and, you know, at the time, it was just a really exciting moment in the poetry community because this was sort of before deaf poetry and HBO and, you know, and it sort of got really became really fly and cool to be a poet, um, which I'm loving the fact that it is now. <laughs> <laughs> they got to all my poets out there. But, um, you know, for me, it was really about being willing to honor that I had been given a gift and being willing to have been honored that I had been given a voice and given a message. And for a long time, I was scared of that. You know, really, um, what are people going to think? What if people don't like what I have to say? What if people don't like me or they ostracize me or pick on me or um 
attack me because of it. And my lifelong journey has been to learn how to raise my voice and how to speak my truth and how to do it in a way that doesn't take away from uh, anyone or anything else, but that adds to and contributes uh, to, you know, the kind of world that I think we all want to be a part of, a more harmonious, a more empowered, a more just, a more sustainable world. And um, so my pen was like my song about making peace with my fear and really being willing to own and honor my power in a humble but, but important and steadfast way. So if people want to get in contact with you, uh, what can they do? So they can log on to our website, which is www.wegotissues.org. And there's information there about the national tour as well as about the upcoming book tour and the book. And then uh, for locally in terms of information around our New Mexico residency, you can also check our website. But in addition, you can check EarthCare's website, www.earthcare.org. Um, and for people who are interested in making donations or just wanting to find out more about the residency, they can also write to EarthCare at P.O. Box 885, Santa Fe, New Mexico, 87501, and you can just put care of We Got Issues, and they will get it. Do you have any final message to the young women, young people of New Mexico? Yeah, I just want to acknowledge y'all. I mean, I know I know that so much, sometimes so much as young people, you get a lot of things sort of dumped on your lap or put on your shoulders in terms of what what's happening in communities or not happening in communities. And what I know is, you know, um, my commitment to young people over the years has been because I know how much of a contribution you are and can be if people are willing to listen to you and give you venue and give you voice and people are willing to support and encourage you. And I just want to ask you to keep doing your thing. If you're, you know, if you're breaking, be boying out there, or be girling or graph arting or emceeing or beatboxing or spoken wording, you know, that you just keep doing your thing and that you trust that it is an expression and it is a gift from the creator, from the universe, and that it is important for you to raise and bring that whatever it is that you do to the planet. If you're interested in media, if you're interested in law, if you're interested in medicine, whatever it is that you just do you, that's the most important contribution you can make to the world and trust that uh, that if you don't bring it, we miss it and something really is lost. So I just respect y'all. I love y'all. Stay strong and do you. Thank you so much for coming down. This was really, really great. Uh, you've been listening to an interview with Ra Goddess, an international artist slash activist. Thanks again. Mm, thank you. That was an interview with Ra Goddess, singer slash activist. Thanks to Diana for conducting that interview. Raw Goddesses events will take place in Albuquerque on October 5th. The number for that is 4004815. Santa Fe on October 14th. The number is 9836896. And Española on October 16th. That number is 747-4326. To find out more about Raw Goddess and her nonprofit organization, visit www.wegotissues.org. And now more awesome, fantastic, and lovely music from Jaren. Why am I so amazing? Anyway, n- enough about me. I am so sick of those gosh darn dandy Warhols. Always on the radio, that gosh darn music television, and all over the TV and commercials. Ugh. Oh wait, I have to be in Europe to say that. Wrong country. Why? Because the dandies originate from Portland, Oregon, here in America. 
but have made it huge in Europe with songs like Bohemian Like You and We Used to Be Friends. But here, off their first indie release, is a song called Not Your Bottle. super awesome electro clash pop duo dangerous muse has been burning up my ipod for the last three months after seeing the super sexy video to the super sexy song rejection that was a very special remix of the song the rejection by dangerous muse now back to our host kyle the albuquerque international balloon fiesta is only a week away but those balloons don't fly themselves Thousands of balloon pilots are headed to the city from all over the world, and Sarah Nichols hopes to be one of them in the future. Here is Ann Glickman from Salt Radio in Portland, Maine, to tell us more. It's a nice, cool morning. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. It's a chilly autumn morning at a local park in Auburn, Maine. An enormous purple hot air balloon lies on its side in the open green field. Today's pilot will be Jim Rodriguez. He's setting up the burner, or the propane flame that will heat the air inside the balloon and cause it to rise. Gonna set up the burner, test the burner before we go, make sure, make sure it works. Today's passenger is 10-year-old Sarah Nichols. Instead of going to school this morning, she's going flying. And this is not her first time. In fact, it will be her 50th. My dream is to have a balloon when I get older, and I want it to be orange, just say Sarah's dream, or to just say dream. I've had this dream since I was six, when I first went up to the 20 feet and went across the field, it felt like nothing I've ever felt before. Uh, I'm going to light the pilot light. There's three pilot lights to light. I'm going to make some noise. Top is pulled. The radio check. Sarah's flying by herself today. Her father, Ron, is staying on the ground like he always does. He's petrified of heights. Ron does flooring for a living. Big difference between her and I is I don't get off the ground. I'm the chase crew. Somebody has to chase that balloon and retrieve it. Buoyant! You're buoyant. And we're off. Have a nice flight. When we take off, it just it feels like the ground left me. It's just floating, and I can't fall or anything. When we're floating through the air, it feels like I'm in an airplane. Well, sort of, only really slow, and you can't feel the wind at all. The balloon has risen high into the air, and you can see for miles. See the swirls in the river? See that? See how it, it kind of curls? Sarah has been up with pilot Jim Rodriguez many times before. 
Jim's a pro and has been flying in this area for the past four years. He knows the patterns of the wind like a well-seasoned sailor. What's going to happen is when we come down low, that river is going to grab us and put us right down the center of the river. Just want to make sure I clear the church. Oh yeah, what a nice flight. The balloon drifts silently over the church steeple like a cork on the river. That's the beauty of a balloon flight. It feels and sounds completely effortless. The houses look like doll houses, like the Polly Pocket houses. People look like ants sometimes. The cars look like matchbox cars. Although it's Sarah's 50th flight, each flight is different. She has flown above the clouds and has skipped lightly across rivers. She's even gone up in the cover of night, some two and a half miles above the earth. We went up at like two o'clock in the morning. You couldn't see, it was black. So we had to have these special lights hanging from the balloon and we get, went up to like 12,000 feet and I fell asleep in the bottom of the basket like an hour into the flight. Um, the pilot was shaking me, waking me up and said, wake up, wake up, look, there's a jet plane flying under us. And I'm like, wow. All right, I'm gonna, we're gonna go up and see if we can get a left back into Lowestoft, all right? When Sarah is 16, she'll be able to apply for her pilot's license. Right now, she needs 10 more hours of fly time to satisfy the license requirements. But this is an expensive sport. Pilot training lessons vary in price, but Sarah's dad, Ron, believes it will cost in the neighborhood of $7,000. To make money, Sarah and Ron have become balloon booking agents. They'll need a lot of business before Sarah can buy her own balloon. They run around $35,000. Fortunately, Sarah is a self-proclaimed number cruncher. She wants to be an accountant when she's older. She even keeps her dad in line. I told him how much he was spending on Dunkin' Donuts coffee every year. Around $1,600 a year, and I'm like, Dad, you need to stop buying it. In addition to the financial challenges, finding a mentor has also proven difficult. In a small town like Auburn, Maine, there are only a handful of pilots qualified to teach her, and even fewer who are willing to take her on because of her young age. I would have thrown my hands up and said, to heck with this, this isn't worth it. And when the time comes, I'll pay for my own lessons and get, you know, someone to train me and go get my license. But her her love for it isn't a once a year thing, it's not a once a month thing, it's all the time. Looks like we may be going to New Auburn. Sarah's school is in New Auburn, and in all the time she has flown, she has yet to discover what it might look like from 900 feet in the air. Looks like we are going to go over Sarah's school. (laughs) She grips the edge of the wicker basket. The brilliant purple balloon rises confidently above her. Sarah leans out over the edge. Her face looks calm. She is silent and patient. That's my school. Right there. Hundreds of kids stream out of Sherwood Elementary School to see Sarah in the clouds above. Is your school? Right there. A smile spreads across her face, and she eagerly begins waving at her friends down below. It's hard to know whether this 50th flight will stick in her mind in years to come. Sarah has many more flights through the air in her future yet she is in no danger of forgetting what brought her to ballooning in the first place. felt like a fairy tale. Like, 
I was floating. I mean, I couldn't believe I was just floating in a basket. It was just magical. This is Ann Glickman for Salt Radio. Thanks to Ann Glickman from Salt Radio in Portland, Maine, for chronicling Sarah Nichols' first step toward becoming a hot air balloon pilot. If you'd like to learn more about Salt Radio, visit www.salt.edu slash radio.html. And now off to Lucia for Calendar. Hi, everybody. Here is your calendar. The longest-running show on Broadway returns to Pope Joy Hall. The Phantom of the Opera is back with some of the greatest sets, costumes, and special effects to have ever been created for the stage. Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera, directed by Harold Prince, traces the tragic love story of a beautiful opera singer and a young composer shamed by his physical appearance into a shadowy existence beneath the majestic Paris Opera House. Adapted from Gaston Leroux's classic novel of mystery and suspense, the award-winning musical was woven its magical spell over standing-room audiences in more than 100 cities worldwide and is now the longest-running show in Broadway history. Phantom returns to New Mexico to take your breath away. The Bernalillo Community Health Council has a media literacy and teen pregnancy training coming up on October 3rd from 8 to 12 at La Mesa Presbyterian Church, located at 7401 Copper Northeast. This is a free training, and anybody is welcome to attend. Please register by emailing lm. A-S-O-N at B-E-R-N-C-O dot gov. Ever wonder why we never seem to get the whole story when it comes to media? Independent Intervention is a documentary that focuses on the U.S. media coverage in the war in Iraq. It explores how the growing media democracy movement in the U.S. works to challenge mass media. It features Amy Goodman and Jim Hightower. It will show on October 5th at the Peace and Justice Center, 202 Harvard Southeast from 7 to 9 p.m. For more information, please call 268-9557. Are you looking for a little fun, exercise, and time to honor your ancestors? Then come up to the Dia de los Muertos celebration at Marigold Parade on Sunday, November 5th from 4 to 8 p.m. The parade will go along Isleta and arrive at the Westside Community Center. After the parade, there will be music, poetry, food, altars, and vendors. For more information, call 244-0120. Have you ever heard of Pablo Picasso, the famous playwright? Yeah, me either. That's because almost nobody knows that Picasso toyed with literature as well as visual arts. His best-known play, Desire Caught by the Tail, was scribed in 1942 in Paris during the Nazi occupation. Its first performance was directed by Albert Camus in a salon in front of a handful of literary stars. For several years, veteran Albuquerque director Jeanette Isaacson has dreamed of bringing this weird little dreamy piece to stage. She'll have her chance starting this weekend with a production at Soul Arts, 712 Central Southeast. The play runs through October 15th, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 2 p.m. For more information, call 244-0049. With so many film festivals showcasing local, national, and international work, there's plenty of room to diversify. Taking diversity to its next logical step, the Southwest Gay and Lesbian Film Festival will be returning to Albuquerque and Santa Fe for a fourth fabulous year. Presented by local arts organization Closet Cinema, the SWG and LFF will have its 2006 run from from September 29th through August 5th. 
This year's venues include the historic Guild Cinema and UNM's Southwest Film Center in Albuquerque and the Film Center at the Cinema Cafe in Santa Fe. Over 700 feature and short films from 16 countries will be represented, making it the largest film festival in Albuquerque. Some of this year's films will include Follow My Voice with the music of Hedwig, Puccini for Beginners, Fat Girls, East Side Story, and Loving Annabelle. For more information, call 243-1870 or visit www.closetcinema.org. And now, for your musical pleasure, here are the concerts. Sugar Cult, Halifax, Spill Canvas, Maxine, and So They Say are here Monday, October 9th at the Sunshine. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Monty R.I., and Loren Drive come Tuesday, October 10th at the Launchpad. Death Leopard and Journey... Def Leppard and Journey are at Journal Pavilion October 16th. This has been your weekly calendar. If you have any events that you would like to announce on Youth Radio, post them on our website at youthradio at kom.org. Now back to the hosts. Thanks for listening to our marvelous, fantastic show today. Our oh-so-even-tempered producer is Michael Harley. Our frantic yet cool-headed engineer is Diana Barron-Moore. Our melodically inclined music host is Jaron Kai. The very organized calendar, hold, calendar was done by Lucia Martinez. Diana Baron Moore conducted the interview with Raw Goddess. Thanks to Jaren Kai, Diana Baron Moore, Michael Harley, Lucia Martinez, Phil Riley, and Kyle Ferris for their thoughts about Maya Angelou's lecture. And thanks also to Ann Glickman from Salt Radio in Portland, Maine, for the piece about balloon piloting. Others in the Youth Radio Collective are Mars Chalon, Avikra Lucky, and Phil Riley. Our adult co-conspirators are, as always, Roberta Rael, Steve Emmons, Elizabeth Dwyer, Roman Garcia, and Marcos Martinez. I'm your host, Paola Castillo. And I'm Kyle Ferris. Remember, if you want to find out more about Youth Radio or hear previous segments, go to our website at kunm.org slash youthradio. Thanks for listening. Now here's Jaren with the final piece of awesome music. Bona noche, guys. That means good night. Well, first, I have one last song. Ha ha! Now I bring you the super awesome, happy fun time Japanese version of the Teen Titans theme song by Puffy Amiyumi. Yeah. 